Tuesday, March 6th. Having a conversation concerning today's headlines and real-life challenges. I'm Tom Lamprecht, along with Pastor Harry Reeder. Stay with us as we apply a biblical worldview with gospel solutions to put the issues of today in perspective. Harry, I want to take you to an article that was covered by both the Harvard Crimson and the New Boston Post. A Christian fellowship was put on probation recently for forcing a junior who served as an assistant Bible course officer to resign because she embraced homosexuality. College officials say the group violated the student's handbook, which says student organizations can't discriminate on the basis of sexual orientation. But the Christian fellowship didn't do that. Christians who belong to a Christian group told someone no longer living in a Christian way she could no longer have a leadership role in their group. For that, Harvard suspended the group. Are you going to suspend Muslim groups if they turn down a Christian who wants to be president? Are you going to suspend a climate change group if they turn down someone for leadership who claims that climate change is a hoax and has written books on it? Now, what's really interesting, Tom, is the origin of Harvard. Here is our oldest university in the United States all the way back to the 17th century. It was founded by a Puritan pastor by the name of John Harvard. It got started with a small amount of money he was able to leave and a very significant library. It's really a takeoff from what happened in the Reformation where the reformers began to institute educational institutions in order to ensure a biblically educated clergy and access to education for the public. And, uh, and that, so that was one of the great Reformation uh, blessings or consequence, consequential action is the elevation of Christian education as a, uh, as, a, as, a, a, as a dynamic factor within the development of Western civilization. When our forefathers land on the shores of this country, first thing they would build is a church, the next thing they would build is a school. And the school had two purposes, as Harvard. Number one purpose was to educate the next generation of clergymen. And number two was to make education accessible for others, by the way, male and female. This chapter at Harvard that is being disciplined because of its faithfulness to confessional biblical Christianity They're a part of what's called the Christian Union, which is a wonderful organization with an evangelical witness among the Ivy League schools. Most of the Ivy League schools are the products of the First Great Awakening and became focused areas of the gospel movement in the Second Great Awakening. As a Christian historian, I love to see the history that's related to those schools, which they've gone far away from. The original motto was Veritas, and they later added Truth for the Glory of Christ. The Shield of Harvard has three books on it. All three are open, but two are open facing the one who views the shield, and one is open and it's turned around. What it was saying was, God has revealed truth to us three ways. The book of history, which God reveals to us who he is in providence, The book of creation, which by God reveals himself in all that has been created. And then the book that's turned around, not because you can't study it, but because you cannot ever fathom the full depths of it is the word of God. 
that was the original shield. Well, now you've got an organization that is being faithful to the book of creation that God has made man male and female with sex belonging in marriage, a creation ordinance. They are faithful to history, the building block of cultures whereby human flourishing is possible is when you have foundational institutions such as marriage, such as family, and sexuality and its practice is found within that marriage of one man, one woman for one life. And they are teaching the Word of God so that you continue to properly understand creation and providence as God makes himself known in history and in all that he has created. And as they're doing that, this organization that is the epitome of the founding values of the institution is now disciplined and removed. What will this organization do? Will they capitulate in order to have a place on the campus? Or will they first reason with the authorities that if you want a college with the free exchange of ideas, why would you marginalize and exclude the very ideas that gave birth to the college, which is a Christian faith rooted in the gospel of Jesus Christ who died for our sins and rose again and who has given us his word whereby we are to live life for him And we are attempting to live that life for him in that he said, this is my will, that is you flee immorality and pursue sexual purity and chastity. Our leaders must embrace the ethic that sex belongs within marriage of one man and one woman, which is the biblical and historical faith. But yet you're willing to exclude that from the college campus. And what you are excluding was actually a part of the foundation of the campus from the very beginning. The fact that they're turning their back on Christianity, even though it's 350 years later, is still sad. As we talked about yesterday, we're seeing evangelical organizations turn its back on biblical issues now within decades. What does that tell us? You remember what Paul said when he left the church at Ephesus? I call Ephesus the epicenter church of the gospel. I mean, the gospel was radiating out of Ephesus all over Asia Minor. Churches were being planted. But when he left them after a three-year ministry in their midst, he said, Upon my departure, Satan will come among you. Who is the you? It was the elders, the leaders of the church. There will rise up false teachers who teach perverse things, and there will rise up false leaders who lead the disciples away from Jesus to themselves. That's what always happens in organizations. The people are dependent upon godly leaders to grow in the grace and knowledge of Christ. Remember, Satan has three strategies. Strategy number one is he loves to intimidate the church. Strategy number two, he loves to imitate the church. Remember the tares and the wheat. Strategy number three is he loves to infiltrate the church, infiltrate its people with grumbling and gossip, infiltrate its leaders with false teachers and false leaders. 350 years, my goodness, it happens in 40 years, almost always. Here's what needs to be understood. Every church and every institution has that 40 to 80 year mark in which Satan attempts to lead it into apostasy through false leaders and false teachers. But what is the answer? Good leaders and good teachers. I praise God for my president, Peter Lilbach at Westminster Seminary. I praise God for my friend who is the Chancellor of Reformed Theological Seminary, Ligon Duncan. 
I am grateful for those leaders who are willing to take the shots and say, not on my watch. On my watch, we're not only going to be faithful, we're going to take this to another level of faithfulness. We're going to build on what we've been handed, not diminish what we've been handed. So you need to pray for your Christian leaders, and we need to intentionally multiply and mobilize such Christian leaders, because that is what is always necessary. So what you always look for in the church and in these institutions is a top-down leadership effectiveness and faithfulness and a bottom-up grassroots bubbling up of a love for Christ and the gospel of grace and the two work together so that the organization remains faithful. So that's what I would tell this organization at Harvard. You must not sacrifice your commitments to be accepted. You will lose any ministry that you have. You will simply become another piece of the furniture of secularism within the culture of that college even if you have to meet off campus, but you must remain faithful to the Word of God. To the churches in the area, we pray for God to raise up a clarion voice that is faithful to the Word of God and historic biblical Christianity to reach into that college as well as campus ministries, and it really comes down functionally to the matter of leadership, ultimately to the sovereignty of God that He would pour forth revival from heaven, functionally through leaders who preach, pray, evangelize, and disciple the gospel of Jesus Christ and are committed to teaching and preaching the whole counsel of God. As we close out for today, let me remind you that you can subscribe to this podcast. It's easy. On your smartphone or your tablet, go to your iTunes icon. Type in Today in Perspective with Harry Reader each and every weekday on your podcast icon will automatically download a new edition of Today in Perspective. Well, do stop by again tomorrow, Wednesday, as we continue our conversation and as we apply a biblical worldview to put the issues of today in perspective. Perspective.